Hey guys, this is Tito with the Motorcycle Dad Podcast. Uh, before we start this episode, I wanted to bring in my own personal public service announcement about a subject that's pretty near and dear to my heart, something I care about uh, extremely, and that's uh, suicide awareness and suicide prevention. Um, it's something that Americans, you know, they struggle with every day between depression, anxiety, and a bunch of other, you know, things that could affect your everyday mood, but it also, uh, it affects the veteran community. Um, veterans, you guys, I'm, I'm one of you, I understand. I was a Marine Corps vet. We're taught to suffer in silence, but I'm here to tell you guys that it's okay to not feel okay. It's okay to not feel like Superman. And if you need help, you need to reach out and talk to someone. Whether that's somebody at a bus stop, if that's somebody, your pastor, the, the guy at your local drive through whatever it is, if you need help, don't hesitate. Somebody's here to listen. And if you don't want to talk to someone you know in your circle, please do not hesitate. Whether you're a veteran or you're a normal civilian or whoever you are, if you're in this country and you're an American as a human being, call the Suicide Prevention Hotline. It's one 800 273 8255. All right. If you're a veteran, you can also text 838255 to connect with the VA responder, or you can go to veteranscrisisline.net slash chat and just do an online chat session. Or if you don't know how you're supposed to feel, go to veteranscrisisline.net slash quiz just to do a stress and depression evaluation on yourself. Okay. Look, from somebody that struggled with uh, mental health myself, you know, post my military career. And I don't want to get too deep into it, but it's okay to not feel okay. And it's okay to need to talk to somebody. I know they beat it into our heads to, you know, suffer in silence and you're, you're, you're a pussy, you're a bitch. If you go do it, fuck that. You're worth something to us, no matter who you are out there. Don't be afraid to call and get help. Thanks a lot for listening. Here's the episode. Mushy Mushy, this is the Motorcycle Dad Podcast with Tito, your boy Tito here. Hope everybody had a good weekend. Hope you guys had a good Valentine's Day with your bikes or with your significant other, whether it be backpack or riding partner. All right, somebody riding, riding next to you. Okay, um, we're going to start off. First of all, thank you always, guys, for listening. Thank you for your feedback. Get the love out there. I'm looking at the analytics, and I'm seeing that we got people listening in from all over as usual and also the audience is growing so i'm super happy about that i'm up to 1600 plays and i don't know the exact number but i know it's 1600 somewhere in there i can't remember whether it was 50 or something so i'm just gonna stay humble at 1600 appreciate it guys and also uh the fact that our audience is growing is really exciting so guys welcome to the podcast it's your first time listening uh, if you're returning, thank you for returning. As always, guys, you can go catch me on my social medias, okay? Moto Dad Tito on Facebook and Instagram. And on Twitter, it is Moto Dad Tito 702. Hit me up on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. I don't know how to fucking use Twitter. So I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> we're we're going to touch base on a little bit of how social media can help you professionally on the second segment and kickstands up. But still, as much as it's annoying, like I personally, be honest with you, I've tried to run from Facebook. Uh, I've tried to run from the gram, even though with my personality being a jarhead crayon eater, I pictures are better. Ooh, ooh, ooh. 
Um, I'm a little bit more prone to being stuck on Instagram. Twitter is a black hole of what the fuck, guys. Let me tell you what. <laughs> I got caught up in Twitter and I was just like, whoa, dude. Like the first time I ever got on it, um, it was about like two weeks ago now I got on Twitter. I still don't know how to fucking use it. I feel like such an old person, even though I'm only 32. Like, whoa, what do you tweet about? Like, I don't know. I'd still like just... I think the most exciting one, and somebody actually responded, was when I was like, oh, yeah, I went to the dentist today. Like, everybody loves going to the dentist. And they were like, oh, you must love going to the dentist, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I don't even know you. <laughs> so there is social media in a nutshell. It helps our community grow. So besides my social media rant and other big news, I Am Power Sports is up and running, the website. So please go check it out. I am powersports.com. All right, I'm going to be doing, and I've been trying to figure out how I'm going to integrate this because I want to integrate the business somehow with the podcast, yada, yada, yada. Um, I'm going to have a blog post, a weekly blog post. I'm still trying to figure out how to get it on the website. So I apologize, guys, because I'm still trying to figure out a lot of stuff and I'm learning, you know, you know YouTube University, Google University, School of Hard Knocks, and just reading and just kind of like plowing through and just kind of like figuring it out with the machete and like cutting through the jungle. Figuring out as I go. I got a couple of splinters already, but it happens. It's business. Um, it's pretty. It's pretty scary. I'm not gonna lie. I was a little self conscious of it at first. I didn't really feel too comfortable like dropping it last time on the episode. But it's like, dude, if you don't believe in yourself and you don't promote yourself, then it's not gonna be successful anyways. And it got to the point where me and my you know business partner Tony, we worked out a lot of the part the problems that we were having. Um, through the checkout screens and stuff. So we got all that stuff ironed out. Um, there's been a couple orders already, so everything's processed pretty smooth. I'm pretty happy about that. I um, want to ask you guys, just go check out the product, go check out the page, and give us some feedback. All right, so that's going to be the first thing in Moto News is I Am Power Sports. Now, people are asking, like, what is I Am Power Sports? What kind of company are you? Now, for the streets, the best terminology I can come up with is we're the power sports plug. We're the plug you're looking for when it comes to, hey man, you know what? Where where should I go to find the most expensive this? Or where should I go to find the most reasonably priced this that's not gonna make my head fall off? Um, because one of the things is I believe in the finer equipment, but then also I believe in just getting people on the road and making sure they're safe and they have adequate equipment to build themselves up in the sport. It doesn't make any sense for you to just get involved in something if you don't know if you're going to follow through with it and invest a shitload of fucking money and gear. And I see it where guys go out and they buy fucking everything under the sun. You know, nothing wrong with higher end stuff like Dianese, but they buy everything under the sun and then they get too scared to ride. And then they end up selling the stuff before, you know, they're uh, before they go ahead and get a chance to enjoy it and ride a lot. Now, one of my fucking sayings is there's levels to this shit, guys. And that's the thing with the power sports industry. There is levels to this shit. Not saying that any level is better than the other, but guys, there's ways of progressing yourself back either back into the sport if you've been out for a while or if you're a beginner coming into it. Not only that, senior guys that have been around for a while and been in the industry and, you know, these are the fucking track jockeys or, you know, the fucking Harley kids or anybody that likes to throw around how long they've been riding and all that shit. Also, humble yourself down. There's somebody that's written more than you, put less, and they're fucking somebody else out there to, you know, when you first started off, you looked up to. So that's something I think that's really important to the sport. But now that I'm done with that little power sports industry rant, and to finish what, you know, I Am Power Sports is about, 
Okay. Um, we're the power sports plug. We want to connect like the best products with people, best reasonably priced for your buck, whether you like the higher end stuff or you're kind of shooting for some of the, like I said, the more economical. And I want to, I don't like saying cheap, but the more thrifty, economical like gear and such out there. And also we're going to be manufacturing our own gear. So if there's specific gear out there, I accept all feedback, but trust me, we already got a business plan and a path. I still want to hear what you guys have to say. What is something that you think is missing from the industry? This is a call to action, guys. Hit me up, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. What is something that you think is really missing from the industry? Me personally, I think it's the tendency of to split off into the tribes and to alienate ourselves and stay in those tribes. Now you ask, what about tribes? What blah, blah, blah. Now, you got your, your Harley guys, your V-Twin guys, your Cruiser guys, then you got your track guys, then you got your fucking squids, then you got your fucking stunt guys. Now you got Harley stunners too. Then you got your track guys, and then you got your guys that are rich and don't want to ride with anybody except for rich people. <laughs> I mean, there's a good mix. I mean, and I hate putting people in bubbles and categories and tribes, but I think that's one of the things we have to learn to experience each other's riding and expand our horizons because... The sport is boring if you just do the same kind of riding. That's why I can't just do all club riding. I got to do some fucking, some fast shit sometimes. I got to do some dirt shit sometimes. All of which is going to make you a more fulfilled and better rider and more complete. So I highly encourage that. And that's one of the things that we want I Am Power Sports to be about. I'm going to try to find the best, you know, gear for the adventure guys. And for, you know, we can find some plugs on or try to find you guys some gear for Harleys. LED lights or something like that. Whatever it is, that's what we're going to try to do. So we're going to continue to grow. We're going to continue to evolve. And one of the things, like I said, somebody asked me, like, what makes you different from the other website that's out there? For one, it's the fucking passion. I tell you right now, anybody got as much passion as me, fucking Tony. I'm telling you right now, I may not know a lot, but I'm willing to fucking learn, willing to grind it out and figure this shit out. Two, like I said, we want to include everybody in. I don't want to just look at all like just female riders and squids. We want everybody to have access to good product for you ballers on a budget. Okay. Don't want to break the piggy bank. We want everybody to be safe, have fun, ride hard, and everybody to say, I am power sports. So now that I'm done with that smooth plug on you guys, let's move on to the rest of the moto news. Now, speaking of building something for the sport, this past week, Indian debuted, of course, they have the Challenger, which a lot of people, Roguelike copy, copycat, they cheated off of Harley, um, all that shit. Well, they dropped this thing on social media called the Challenger Challenge, okay? It was with Kerry Hart and Big B, I want to say. He's like a rapper or some shit. He works for Kerry Hart or their partners or some shit, runs the shop. I, my bad, Big, Big B. Don't don't sit on me. Don't run me. Run after me, bro. It's a big boy. So my bad, bro. My bad. I'm just trying to figure it out, baby. But because uh, he is, he's a big dude. He reminds me of some of my friends that are bigger than me, like six, five, big corn fed ass motherfucker. Anyways, these two, yes, they are sponsored by Indian and they've been testing out the challengers for a while, tricking them out and all that shit. Well, they are debuted in a video called the challenger challenge. It's the Harley Roguelide versus the Indian challenger. So you got the 108 cubic inch Indian Challenger against the 114 cubic inch Harley Roguelide. Now, I'll admit the first fucking test, okay, it was a little cheesy, a little easy. It was a little, it was a little like they pulled a fucking taco truck in neutral. I was like, ah. 
really granted the Indian won, but like I guess Kerry Hart was having a hard time trying to keep the fucking road glide straight because he's like, ah, when he was pulling the weight. And those bikes are not meant to be pulled like that. So, I mean, I know despite people putting trailer hitches and all that shit on them, they're not necessarily meant for that. So, I don't want to put too much faith in that test. I'll be honest with you. It was like, I and I get it. Like, they even stated, because mad people were hating on them on Instagram and shit. And they even stated, like, hey, guys, like, this is meant to be, you know, like, this one was, yeah, it was meant to be funny, but it was to prove a point, too. Because they, another thing to build, like, credibility behind these tests they're doing these challenges is they got lit pro out there okay so anybody that's not familiar with lit pro lit pro apparently came on the scene around 2012 mainly on the motocross supercross trading portion of, of the sport being what happens is it's like a gps tracker and it tracks their laps and it gives real-time data on you know their launch times delay times all that shit now it makes it so it's like it shows like you know, if there's delaying or anything, but one thing I don't like about this lit pro and I'm just looking at it. I'm just saying from the technical side, cause I have to be fair and balanced on this shit is the fact that it doesn't read into any of the gauges or like any your throttle position sensor, any of that shit. It doesn't read into it. So it's like, I can't hundred percent now from the videos. It doesn't look like either one of them was sandbag because what they do is this, they put carry hard on the road glide and they put, uh, you know, big B on the, on the challenger. Okay. Drag race. Challenger one. Okay. Now they swapped them. One rode the other bike, the other one rode the other bike. And what they did was they took the average of the two runs. And of course the challenger won again. Now the challenger won by only 0.9 seconds. All right. That's what it said. You know, and it showed it like on the lit pro, it was legit as far as the GPS tracking. But like I said, it almost loses a little bit of credibility just because of the fact that it doesn't have show their throttle position to show whether they were sandbagging or not. Now, I don't know the Lit Pro software that well to tell you like, oh, hey, well, it's tracking this or that. But at least it's given some kind of credibility to it, minus the whole taco truck thing. There was like, and I hate to mention the taco truck thing but over and over again, but there was like mad motherfuckers butthurt on the internet. Like, there was a lot of hardcore Harley guys that were out there like super whining, complaining, like, yeah, if I was paid this and the other, if I was paid by Indian, then, you know, yeah, I'd be fucking driving a taco truck. It was like, dude, just people being stupid. Like, just be ignorant about it. Um, you guys know I'm a huge fan of the Challenger already, and, I, and I'll tell you why, okay? So, minus the Lit Pro, minus the, you know, Instagram, Insta-famous shit, minus the taco truck, all right? These are the stats. 108 cubic inches, 122 horsepower, 122 foot-pounds of torque, okay? Road glide. Oh, I'm sorry. 128 foot-pounds of torque for the Indian, okay? For the Harley, it's 114 cubic inches. You got 93.75 horsepower, and you got 122 foot-pounds of torque, okay? That's 114. I, it's easy for me to believe it. Just like I said, just if you're just going to base it off of the numbers and analytics, it's easy for me to believe that, yes, the Challenger will win. Now, like you said, I had a bunch of trolls hit me up on one on the 131 because here it is. You're at 131 cubic inches, and now you're just now getting to the point where you're beating it by like a horsepower here. And then you're not beating it by foot pounds. I don't know. I think it, the Harley, the 131 beats it by foot pounds by two foot pounds. It's like 130 foot pounds and 121 horsepower with the 131 
that is just fucking sad. It's just sad. It's just sad. Matter of fact, and, and now to rebuttal this, Harley takes the gloves off, okay, after this little, you know, the challenger challenge. Because this is another thing with the challenger challenge. So what they're going to do is at Daytona Bike Week, you get, they're going to have a Harley and a, a Harley Road Glide and an Indian Challenger there. And they're going to want people to take the Challenger Challenge, ride both of them, compare them. You're going to get a free t-shirt whether you buy a Challenger or not, blah, blah, blah. So they're, they're I mean, Indian Polaris is throwing the fucking gauntlet down. They're just pretty much, just, they just put their dick on the table for Harley. Now, Harley guys, go to the other side. And here it is, Harley responded, or somebody associated with Harley didn't specify responded this week with honestly now did you spend your youth dreaming about someday owning a polaris mm, yeah i did you know quad you know side by side shit like that you know, like, <laughs> yeah actually yeah i did <laughs> like if that's your fucking rebuttal then okay you know they're like oh you know we've been building riders not gimmicks for over 115 years that's a fucking lie sorry harley I mean, look, it has been it has been openly talked about that the anniversary of the birthday of Harley is not true. It's actually two years short. But for the sake of commercialism, they stick with it and they just double down on it. Just like they were the first American motorcycle manufacturer. No, they weren't. Indian was. Now, Indian Granite has gone through a few owners here and there. Yes, they have. And they've been sold and bought and blah, blah, blah. But Indian is technically America's oldest motorcycle manufacturer. So just wanted to throw, throw that out there, Bart Shield. So that being said, okay, yo, Harley is getting hardcore into this. They're uh, throwing the gauntlet down. And look, I'm like this. Either way, no matter who comes out on top, they're both fucking winners, okay? When you're looking at it from the business standpoint, it's building excitement in the brand. It's building excitement into the sport. You have now guys looking at road glides. I still remember when fucking a few years ago, Everybody was saying the road glides were the fucking ugliest thing on earth and they never wanted to fucking ride one. Everybody was on electric glides and street glides. And now you see everybody fucking transferring over to road glides. So I think it's kind of funny because, you know, you get the Harley guys are kind of definitive, but it was like just a few years ago. I know a bunch of guys are fucking shit talking road glides. And then also it's like, well, fuck ABS. Now, if anything comes from this, the technology is going to get better for both motorcycles, which to me is the best thing ever. Let's improve the technology. Let's get riders better technology to make them safer. Yo, and let's make some badass fucking bikes. Let's just fucking turn out some ridiculous ass shit. I think that the revolution, I still stand by this. I think the Harley Davidson revolution motor, that's going to be their liquid cool V twin. I think it's going to be the saver. I think that's what they're going to need because you already got a liquid clean, uh, liquid cooled V twin in the challenger. That's what they're going to need to get back on top. And I think they can do it. I think Harley's capable of it. I mean, you're talking about a fucking huge American company. The two top manufacturers, the two number one selling manufacturers of motorcycles in the United States is going to be Harley Davidson and Polaris. So good on them. I mean, I hope the smaller guys get a piece of the action just by default and they should. So it should be very interesting. And like they've only released the episode two. So I'm very interested to see where this Challenger Challenge is going to get. I think, look, if anything else besides me, like cracking, you know, the Challenger's pepper and Polaris's pepper. I think it's just going to be hilarious because it's just going to cause everybody. Look, I even see like Mark Butcher out there making comments about, you know, fuck Polaris, Road Glide, you know, Harley's all day. 
I just think it's going to build excitement for everybody and everybody's going to fucking win from it. You know, especially service departments. Y'all going to win a lot because motherfuckers are going to want cams and stage threes and all sorts of shit. So let the fun begin, guys. Let the fun begin. In other moto news, besides that, Yamaha apparently is down 4.7% in North American sales. No, you guys probably don't you know care too much. It's all motorcycle companies are down, but they're all fighting and scrapping and more power to them here to support them and buy their product as much as I can afford it. Okay. Most of that's being blamed on a softer market. Um, Yamaha has made some changes this past year as far as uh, you know, here it is they got Jorge Lorenzo as their now their their factory rider to test these bikes out. I think that's gonna have a dramatic difference in the quality of bike they're putting out. I think uh, some of the bikes they have out there, like the MT-07, 9, and 10, are great bikes. Um, I know there's a little bit of tweaking that could be uh, on the aesthetics, but I'm a Yamaha fan, so I love them through and through. And they're just, they're they're multifaceted. So they got wave runners, they got fucking, you know, side-by-sides, quads. They got a lot of shit out there to keep you happy. So I don't see them having any problems, but let's see how the market is. They're calling for it to be better this year in the power sports industry. Another thing. For you guys, just a common knowledge thing that I failed to report this to you guys. It's my fault, but I'm making up for it now. JP Cycles is now part of Revzilla Cycle Gear Holding Group. Okay. So that happened at the end of January, I want to say. And I just found out about it when I was doing my research for this episode. Okay. So that's a big deal. So now Revzilla and Cycle Gear and JP Cycle, it's pretty much all the same thing <laughs> if you're ordering. And dude, that the Rev the, the monster that is Revzilla and uh I can't remember the holding company starts with the C off the top of my head. But the holding company is a beast and it doesn't seem like they're gonna slow down. They're gonna try to become the Amazon of the motorcycle world. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, guys. So this is my portion where we go over the product of the week. Okay. Product of the week is going to be a shout out to Chrome Pro Batteries. Okay. Now, I had a customer recently that I helped out. Um, and here it is. He had a dead battery, did some research. We're looking at time frame turnaround and also best bang for your buck. Like what I was saying, guys, earlier and what I am Power Sports is about, we're about connecting you with the best thing for your money. Okay. Now, I saw a lot of, you know, cheap batteries out there. There's a lot of cheapos. Um, I've actually worked with this company before. I came really close to locking in a big deal with them, but I kind of got shut down by my boss on that one. And, uh, you know, I fell out in touch with these guys and just happened to run across them across my, uh, my Amazon feed and ended up hooking this customer up, got him a good quality battery for about 60 bucks next day, 18 month warranty. So that was pretty cool. All right. They have a store on Amazon because they keep stock stuff stock on Amazon. So this battery here is going to be your average Joe. I'm trying to get my bike back on the road. You're probably going to get about two years and some change. As long as you take care of it, and keep your battery on the tender. You'll probably see about two plus years out of it in your high environment areas. High environment areas are when you're talking extreme cold and extreme heat. Um, on average in Vegas, you get about three years of, out of a motorcycle battery average that can change per battery per owner. Okay. Per manufacturer. But I noticed it was the same thing in Florida and in some of the colder areas where you get those extreme cold temperatures and hot temperatures. Okay. So that's what I'm calling. Uh, fitment was great. Battery slid right in. No problem. Came with everything. It was already set up. 
Um, here it is. Even if you go through their website, it's uh, three-day shipping. They have different levels. They have a high-performance power sports series that has a battery voltage meter installed on the battery. So you can just hit the button and it'll even tell you charging voltage. And the battery is not too expensive. It's like 80 bucks. They have some gel batteries available and they also on their website sell gel batteries with chargers and on Amazon gel batteries with chargers. Okay. Um, 60 day money back guarantee. And like I said, 18 month warranty. So if anything happens in that 18 month period, return it and they'll give you a new one. Okay. So batteries starting at $15 ranging all the way to 65 and 75 with the charger, depending on if you're getting the gel, in the Chrome S Pro series, the high performance power sports series. There's a couple of different variations. And also what I've noticed for the Harley guys, it's mainly a, a battery called pirate battery. Okay. It's supposed to give you some better, a little bit better cold cranking amps and such. So um, if you order from their website, like I said, three day shipping in the continental United States, if you're out in Alaska, Hawaii, or Guam and Puerto Rico, apologize, my friends, it's going to be a little bit extra, but they'll get it out to you within a week. Okay. Which is still not bad. So go check those guys out. Chrome S pro. I'm going to send a link up on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And also I'm working on a blog on the I am power sports website. So um, like I said, I'm pretty impressed with them. So, you know, like I said, this is that battery. It, like I said, I looked at it. It's got decent reviews. You get what you pay for. You know, I'd rather have you, your bike running and have you riding than you know, see somebody on the sideline. And like I said, it's going to be for those ballers on a budget. Get your asses on two wheels and get you on the road, okay? All right, guys, I'll be right back with those tips for the Joes and more. All right, we're getting some social media chit-chat. All right, guys, thanks. What is going on, guys? Motorcycle Dad Tito back here. So we got our tips for the Joes this week, okay? Clean and adjust your chain. All right. Now, I'm going to go slightly into some mechanical detail, not too much, because every motorcycle is different, okay? First step, if you can get the rear tire off the ground somehow, it's a lot easier if you can get the rear tire. Some people have scissor jacks, you sport bike swig kids are gonna have your rear bike stand, spools and such. Or you can do the cheat way like we do, get a fellow buddy, pop it up on the kickstand and spin that wheel to clean it. Now, the reason why I say every step along this way is gonna be a little different because it's gonna vary by manufacturer. So I don't wanna give you guys any negative specs because some manufacturers prefer you adjust chains certain ways and also everybody has different torque specs everybody has different ways of aligning your shit so out of liability reasons i'm not going to get too far into it but what i'll do is i'll give you the fundamentals okay rear wheel comes off ground i'm just going to pretend like i'm doing my street triple for instance if i was doing my triumph street triple i have spools and a rear bike wheel stand so i'd pop that shit up okay then, depending on how severely dirty the chain is, if my chain, say I've neglected it for months on end, or let's just say a month and a half, it's dirty, grimy, I'm probably gonna use the Maximum Chain Cleaning Care Kit, okay? Been using this kit for years. It's great for like really clapped out chains that you're gonna try to save and bring back to life, okay? Because believe it or not, guys, without your chain properly adjusted 
and without it properly lubricated, you lose a lot of power, you lose fuel efficiency, and without proper maintenance on a chain, you could snap your said chain if it's too fucking clapped out. And I mean clapped out, it's loose. When you ride that shit, you can hear your fucking chain over everything else. Quick tip, if you fucking ride down the street, you pull the clutch in, you hear your chain over everything else, that shit is either bad or it needs to get serviced very severely, okay? So, let's continue on <laughs> this. You're gonna get the rear wheel up, okay? I'm gonna act like this is a dirty, 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 dirty chain. I'm gonna spray my maximum chain cleaner stuff on there, all right? Comes in a blue can, smells pretty bad, but it creates chocolate milk. And you know what I mean by chocolate milk? Cause I use my chain brush, get in there, get it all worked in, blah, blah, blah. Then I take a water hose. Yeah, that's right, a water hose. And I rinse the chain off and run it around. If I can usually move the tire of my hand and just move stuff around, make sure that all behind, I usually, I'll take the fucking front sprocket cover off because what happens is over a certain period of time, you get all that gunk and shit built up down there and it flings everywhere, it can get on your tire, cause a hazard. So it is always good every now and then, every, between like every other cleaning, I usually pop my clutch cover, or my not my clutch cover, but my front sprocket cover off and uh i'll clean all behind there decrease it all right after said chain is now clean blow it off with uh if you got a fucking you know not a heat gun but let's just say uh, air chuck for your compressor blow it off nice and neat uh you know let it fucking spin your wheel get it all dry with a clean rag or just take around a block let the chain get nice and good and then now this is where it's gonna get a little interesting it's gonna be either using chain wax that's made by Maxima that comes in the kit, or I would also recommend the Blood Lubricant Pro Series Chain uh, Lubricant and Cleaner. It's fucking great stuff. It holds really good and I really like it and holy shit, it's made a drastic difference. So either one of those I would highly suggest. Um, if you're worried about a lot of flinging and you don't know how much you, you know, if you're gonna over lube it or whatnot, just do yourself a favor, go with the chain wax. Um, if you know you're gonna be in a lot of dirt, track, all that shit, definitely go with the blood series. Just make sure you wipe off the excess. Okay, follow the instructions to the T. Now, one of the key parts about chain cleaning and alignment is making sure your chain has a proper amount of free play slack that is required. Now, this is what I said, every manufacturer is different. You can go on to Google, you can fucking go on the internets, and you can find what the requirements are, what the free play or slack in your chain is, and how to properly set your slack. Every manufacturer is a little different, that's why I'm not gonna give you too big, you know, big of a head and ideas here, but from my experience, this is how you do it. Loosen up the rear axle, loosen up your lock nuts on your adjusters on said axle, so that way you can adjust the chain out. I adjust, maybe no more than a couple half turns at a time, whatever is necessary due to the slack and the required free play made by your manufacturer's recommendations. Boom, some legal jargon for you. <laughs> All right, but I would adjust them out slowly on each side until you get the slack that you desire slack or what the specification is from the manufacturer, okay? Some people have this tendency, they'll do one side like fucking three turns and then they'll go do the right side or the left side, whatever, vice versa to align the marks and then they end up being a little bit over tight or such. So, or, you know, out of spec somehow, or the wheel's not a lot properly, okay? Now, usually 
when it comes to adjusters, every axle block is also gonna have little lines on, or it's gonna have a little line on it to indicate where you're at on the axle, because it has all these little dash marks, and you just match the, match the lines up, biggest thing. If it's three lines back over on one side, then make sure it's three lines back on the other side. If it's four, then make it four. Make sure that shit is good. Make sure your slack is good, everything's set. You got your axle, your wheel with the proper tension on it. Fucking torque that thing down to factory spec, which usually ranges from anywhere between 80, 75 to 100 foot pounds of torque, depending on your manufacturer. Always use a torque wrench, people. Always use a torque wrench, okay? And always make sure, too, that your axle adjuster locking nuts are tightened back down. And then you should be good to go. Okay, like I said, please go to YouTube University, look up the specs, especially torque specs. Never chance it when anybody I'm from aviation side, so I'm a little funny. I always have a bad habit of looking up torque specs because when we worked in aviation maintenance, they always told us, like, don't memorize torques. Where you work with it, don't memorize torques. Always look that shit up. So out of a habit, even if I know it, I always kind of just I have quick references written down somewhere. I always look them up. And just be like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. I knew, I knew it was 80. Or I knew it was 85. I already knew that. Because regardless of what technician's out there, my fucking elbow ain't calibrated. Because if it was, I'd be making a lot more fucking money. <laughs> Despite what anybody says, okay? It is very important to clean and adjust your chain, guys, for you average Joes out there. Because, look, this is what ends up happening. What ends up happening is when you don't clean and adjust your chain as required, you end up coming into the shop for a major service. And then I end up saying, I'm the technician. I look at this shit and I'm like, damn, I'm looking at it. Well, because you didn't take care of your chain, your chain is now worn out prematurely and your sprockets are fucking worn. So I'm going to make a recommendation for run, front and rear sprockets. And this is what happens. You guys see the bill for that. And you're like, wait a minute, 400 fucking dollars to do chain sprockets or $500, however much you char anybody charges out there, parts and labor. Well, that's fucking bullshit. I should just be able to throw a fucking chain on there. Now, this is what manufacturers will tell you. Manufacturers will tell you you're supposed to replace your chain and sprockets at the same time because they are wear items. Now, I'm here to tell you personally, me, I will do a chain to two chains to, to one set of sprockets. As long as the sprockets are still in good shape and they have good service life left. If they're already like 60 or 70% of the way, I'm telling you right now, I'm just gonna fucking replace them because there's no point I'm just going to prematurely wear through another chain too fast. And then I'm going to be buying another chain of sprocket rather than doing it right. Now, for like I said, you ballers on a budget, you can get away with doing maybe, maybe, and it's depending. So don't hold me fucking to it. It's depending on the condition of your front and rear sprockets. And for some reason, they're still in good condition in between the second chain and get another fucking chain to just replace it. But I personally would not push it any further than that. And like I said, I'm completely going to look at the condition of the shit. And if it's worn out past it, then I'm just going to replace it anyways, because it's going to be cheaper. You guys don't think so. But trust me, I'm telling you, I'm professional. It is. <laughs> People so many times will always fucking be like, oh, you guys are just trying to get me. And I'm like, no, nah, dude, trust me. If you got to come back in here, I already got the clutch apart. Now I'm going to have to charge you for the labor for the clutch anyways. And then they'd be like, oh, really? So I'm telling you from experience, take care of your chains and sprockets. It's going to save you power, gas, all sorts of shit. And if you don't know or if you have any questions, just reach out to me. I have no fucking problem trying to guide you through it. If I don't have the answers, I'll tell you straight up, dude, I've never fucking done this bike before. You better off fucking doing this, blah, blah, blah. But I'll at least help you guys out. 
you just got to reach out to me, okay? But it is very, 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 very important. The little things matter, okay? And chain cleaning adjustment and lubrication is very important. That is my tip for the average Joes. Kickstands up for the pros. Guys, using social media to help promote yourself. Guys, I know some old timers fucking hate social media. This is the new generation. But guys, get with it or fucking get off the pot. Like, I love the old heads. If you don't want anything to do with it, that's cool. Most of you guys are actually pretty secure in your careers where you have stable customers, you got a stable environment. But also, if you guys, if things have been going stale, this may be a good opportunity to change it up and use social media. Now, does this mean stay on your phone all the time at work and you're not going to bill any hours? No, this does not mean that, okay? This does not mean that at all, guys. And I know that's a big thing for a lot of flat rate guys. Like, I don't have time to be fucking around and wasting it. It takes five seconds to take a fucking picture, guys. Trust me. And nowadays with social media, like if you're a tattoo artist or you're a barber, and a barbara, if you're a barber or a, you know, a stylist, you know, work in a salon, dude, a lot of times social media is your business card. That's how people see your work. I used to tell guys that all the time, like, I'm going to look at the bike that you roll up here with because that's part of your business card. If you're coming to me and get a job with a busted fucking bike and clapped out, then I'm not going to give you a job. You're going to start washing bikes. Um, but social media can be a useful tool for everybody. Now, before I started my social media rant for the professionals, for the pros, think about this. Let's bring pers some perspective into it. You take your pictures all throughout the day. And of course, as long as your dealership is cool with it and no one's going to have a problem with you posting stuff up and blah, blah, blah. Of course, I don't want any of you guys to get in trouble with the man or the MST, the morale suppression team. Okay. But if it was me as a technician in the shop nowadays, I would be taking my pictures all throughout the day. Okay. If I have customers that I communicate with and I'm allowed to communicate with and very friendly with and they're my regulars and I know they're into social media, I'll ask them to tag me. They can take a picture. Maybe I'll take a picture with them right in front of their motorcycle. I'm their guy. Think about this, guys. You go home, take a little bit of time off. You know, okay, put your feet up. Everybody's sitting around watching TV. You're fucking got the feet up before dinner or after dinner. Use that opportunity. Make three or four posts. You worked on three or four killer bikes or this is what you got. Just job done. Fucking post those three bikes. Give some descriptions. Give some hashtags. Make sure it's cool with your customer if you tag them in it. You know, stuff like that. Now. Guys are like, man, that's fucking dumb. That's stupid. I'm not going to do that shit. Imagine this. Imagine your paycheck could grow 10 to 15% and you have control over it. There's a lot of things that technicians can't control. You can't control when owners change. You can't control when sales managers change. You can't control pretty much when any manager change. You can barely fucking control the bikes that you get most of the time. But what you can't control is the quality of the work that you put out, your work ethic, what you do every day on that grind, and self-promotion. You can do that. So I'll hear a lot of guys bitching and moaning. I ain't got no fucking work. This and the other. But they're never proactive. And they never reach out to their customer base and just ask. It's the same thing with social media, guys. Of course, for you guys to take this very seriously, your careers, and you don't want your fucking career to be portfolioed as a joke on social media, then take it just as serious. You have direct control over this. So... Say, for instance, my serious guys, I don't want 3,000 followers. I don't want everybody to just be able to see my work. Guess what? You can go into your settings and set your settings to where it's like, you know what? I only, you know, 
only want to accept people that I like. I only want people in my inner circle to see this, or I want to open it up for the whole world to see it. That's your choice. But either way, don't close it out because I'm a full believer in quanti uh, quality over quantity. Look, guys, only have 387 followers on the regular on my personal page. I just got to 100 and something followers on this page and my business page only has 30. It's not a big deal, but I'm not looking for the guys that are fucking going to just like my shit and never fucking. I want people that engage with me. I want quality followers that actually see my shit and get value out of it. It's the reason why I do the podcast for certain crowds and not for others, because I want the people that get the quality out of it or get something out of it. I want you guys to get it. So that being said, try to be positive about it. OK, it does require some consistency guys like anything else new if you try it for two three days and then give up on it yeah of course you only try it for two three days but that's why i said maybe you do it to where you post up you take one picture a day you do one or two posts a day when you get home in prime time hours by the way for instagrammers you definitely want to post anytime after seven o'clock i think they said between seven and nine are prime times for posting and i don't follow that so that's why i suck at that one because <laughs> i definitely I definitely, definitely, definitely don't follow that one, okay? But be positive and you're in control of it, okay? So if you feel like it's starting to stress you out or it's more work than it's worth, then guess what? You can fucking stop it. It's supposed to be fun and it's supposed to be a tool for you to have fun. So like I said, make sure it's good with your dealership. Make sure it's good with your management. Don't fucking get all riled up and be like, oh, Tito, you're fucking full of shit. Because I promise you guys this, if you apply, I promise you one post a day, you know, open up an Instagram just for your fucking mechanic account. It doesn't even have to be like personal. You know, you could just do it for your per professional. Like, hey, I'm a technician, blah, blah, blah. And build your brand in 2020, guys. Like I said, if social media helps draw attention and give you an extra 15 percent on your fucking paycheck at the end of the year, let's put it this way. Say you're complaining about not getting a raise. You're like, God, man, I've been at this rate forever. They're fucking around and you ain't got nowhere to go. You feel trapped. OK, well, for one, engaging in this can freshen it up for you and make you not sit around thinking all the negative shit and get your mind in a positive place. So that way you have positive results, because if you're just going to bitch and moan and complain and trust me, I've been that person. Bitch and moan and complain. You're going to get bitch and moan and complain results. If you're going to be positive, if you're going to fucking work at it and genuinely fucking try, I promise you, you're going to get positive results. Will it be a 30% increase? I don't know. I can't say analytically what those numbers are for you. But if you have a positive energy about it and you're having fun with it and say you're the kind of guy that you're such a hard wrench, you make $70,000 a year or $60,000 a year wrenching and you just posting on social media and taking a little bit of time and do your Instagram, Facebook. You don't have to do Twitter. I hate the fact that I got to do Twitter, but I have to do it for business. But if you look past all that and you invest just maybe like 20 minutes of time into it every day, nothing more, nothing less, and you end up getting a 10% raise for yourself because you got more people coming in just asking for you, that's an extra $6,000 a year. That's your raise, guys. Maybe that number grows to 20% and you're kind of got to make $60,000 a year. Well, guess what? That's a little bit more fucking money too, right? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So don't sell yourself short, guys. And now we're entering an age where technicians and service writers and guys that you're paid flat rate, you're paid on commission. Guess what? 
It's time to stop sitting around and bitching about what your dealership is doing. And let me ask you this. What the fuck are you doing to promote your brand? Because what you may be wearing that dealership's name, but while you're fucking sitting there, you're your own brand. People remember that. So make make good out of a shitty situation or make good out of, make better out of a good situation. Whichever way you want to look at it, guys. That's my kickstands pro tip for the week. Look, if that helps, let me know. If it doesn't, then tell me fucking Tito, you're an idiot, you're fucking wrong. Either way, try it. You never fucking know. You never know. Okay. Now, one of the things I'm gonna be working on uh, for I am Power Sports is I'm gonna be working on a blog. Basically, this blog is gonna include uh, links to product for the product of the week that I think is great product. It's going to see an affiliate link. You guys, you know, be more than free to click on it. I'll probably have it up by next episode. So I'm because I'll be honest with you guys. I'm really, <laughs> really busy with the website and I'm recording this Wednesday night just because I've been busy throughout the day. So um, I want to give a shout out to Chrome Batteries, Blood Racing Lubricants. All right. Gary V, because, dude, I listen to a lot of Gary V. I know some people hate Gary V. Some people love him. I personally, I think he's a great inspiration. His message is sound, guys. Just get out there and grind and do your thing. Be happy. That's what it is. Be happy more than anything else. And I think we live in a pretty good country. We live in a, the fucking best country in the world. And we deal in the best sport in the fucking world. America riding fucking motorcycles. Okay? That's the fucking dream right there. And also, I want to give a huge shout out to Backcountry Expeditions, as always. Neil, you're a pleasure to work with. I got some stuff coming up with him pretty soon. It's going to be a pretty filled season with me and Tony helping him out. And that's one of the things also I am Power Sports, uh, we contribute. We do consulting work. So for us, we're going out there to help him out. Uh, we look at his operation, try to help out in any way possible from our experiences. And look, man, like I said, guys, we don't have all the advice, but we want to build that network in that community in the power sports industry. So that way it's not even a question. So if you know it or not, where can you find the resources? Okay. Um, as always, guys, I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, please, 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 please go check out um, my Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Instagram, Facebook is going to be Moto Dad Tito. Twitter is going to be Moto Dad Tito 702. Um, if you're on Twitter, like I said, I'm pretty interested in it. Just fucking shoot me a message. I don't know what the fuck to do with Twitter. Hashtag me or some shit. We'll figure it out along the way but just engage with me let me know if you guys have any feedback or anything like that for everybody listening all around the world i hope you guys uh i want to say and thank you thank you thank you again for listening i hope you enjoy it uh i hope everybody has a great rest of the week go out there fucking crush it kill it do whatever it is you got to do uh also go check out the i am power sports website like i said it is i am powersports.com until next uh, next episode, my friend, it's going to be actually, yeah, it's going to be about a week hiatus here. But until next episode, much love and respect goes out to all of you. Keep crushing it. Keep your head up and stay on that grind. Peace out.